Welcome to the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, February 21st. This is your host, Anastasia Glova. In conjunction with the release of the new Cato book, Leviathan on the Right, the Cato Institute hosted a book forum to discuss the issues raised by its author, Michael Tanner. FreedomWorks chairman and former House Majority Leader Dick Armey, who was one of the panelists at the forum, joins us today in this podcast to add his two cents to the debate over what happened to the ideals of the Republican Revolution. Let's begin with what did you think of the book? It's a sad but true story. I mean, uh, it's chapter and verse. The fact of the matter is, I've said, the Republican Party in office has lost its way. Now, what I try to say today is real people outside of office holders have to correct the behavior of people in office. That's the way you resolve the problem. What I'm worried about, because I've had the same temptation myself, is to just throw up your hands in despair and say, the heck with the Republican Party, I wash my hands of it. Bob Barr did that. Bob Barr announced that he left the party. Well, that was comes under the heading a little noticed nor long remembered. Or do you stay and you recognize you've got a choice? You can either try to rehabilitate the Republican Party into the party of Reagan, or you can just let it be Democrat light and just concede that there will now be no difference in public policy. It won't make a difference whether you vote for Republicans or Democrats. But can either party be rehabilitated if both are heading towards the same direction, which is bigger, more bloated government? Well, no. You see, the problem is the Republican Party has to, once again, and this fight was fought in the late 70s and early 80s with the Reagan president. The whole effort of getting Ronald Reagan in the White House was, the fight was, is this going to be the party of small government or is it not? And this party has to have that fight again. And what I'm telling the Republicans in office who want to be back in the majority, want to be committee chairman and so on, if you guys ever want to be shining again in the eyes of the voters, you had better get back to being the party of small government because the only time this party has been loved enough by the voters across America that they were willing to make you the majority party was when you were the party of small government. So then how can you explain to me the demise of your contract with America? Well, it was backsliders wine. Oh, these guys got comfortable. Every enterprise is created by entrepreneurs, and then it falls into the hands of bureaucrats. It happened to the Reagan Revolution. And by the time we got to 1994 in the contract, the real Reaganites weren't in charge of anything in the Republican Party in Washington in office. In 1994, we reemerged. But then time passes, personnel changes, people leave, the bureaucrats get comfortable. They start saying, well, what's in it to me? How can I be comfortable here? How can I minimize my chances of losing rather than maximize my vision for America? Their whole thought process works around. So the fundamental lesson is, When Republicans are small government activists, the American people embrace them at the polls. When they are right-wing big government proponents or what I call Democrat light, the Republic says, look, if my choice is between the real McCoy and the copycat Republicans, I'll go vote for the Democrat. Looking at the budget, what are the biggest culprits? I mean, there's no end. I mean, farm policy, you know, Social Security. Medicare, virtually anything called entitlements. You know, I grew up in an America where the word wasn't known. 
It was around 1965 that the word entitlements became part of our nomenclature in terms of public policy because that was the great society thing. It was a transformation of the budget from 85% discretionary spending to now 76% mandatory spending or entitlement spending. The lover of liberty ought to balk at that word. We're talking about a government that says... It's spending on entitlements. What are you entitled to? You're entitled to what you earn. Or are you entitled to what you can steal from somebody else? So, again, a big part of the problem is the Democrats, the liberals, the collectivists, frankly, they've commanded the language. And to a large extent, what we've had is a tendency to get sort of short-sighted, self-centered, sloppy, because uh, the language is owned by the left. What did you think of the president's 2008 budget? It demonstrated some signs of thrift, particularly on the domestic front. I think President Bush got the message. The American people said, look, you really went overboard spending money like a bunch of Democrats. And so he's now trying to basically say, well, I'm really a tough guy fiscally and so forth. The fact of the matter is credibility is pretty much spent, so I'm not sure. Also, you have to remember, one, of course, he's got Rob Portman as his budget director. That helps a lot in terms of credibility. But the other side is uh, the fact of the matter is the budget is a political document. There is no president who ever sent a budget up after the 74 Act and really thought that budget was going to be the way things turned out. I want to go back to what senior fellow Dan Mitchell asked you during the event just now. Why did you vote for No Child Left Behind? I gave that vote to a friend out of a sense of personal loyalty. My thinking was, I'm not going to stop this thing from happening. This is a person who's been good to me, loyal to me, and put himself at risk on my behalf. I couldn't say no to him. It was a personal choice. It was a wrong vote. But, you know, fidelity is a deal. And sometimes maybe you should be willing to do something that's a little embarrassing to you personally out of a sense of regard for somebody who's been willing to put himself at risk for you. Fact is, it didn't change the outcome. It's amounted to my embarrassment. But this guy was a good friend. He was worth it. It was not the president. I told the president very clearly, I don't give this vote to you. I give it to someone else. So what do we do now as conservatives? I think, again, if we really believe in liberty, if we believe in small government, if we want to see that be the law of the land, then we need to come to terms with the fact that we can either be active in one of the two dominant political parties and give definition to that party, or we can give up the fight. Because the fact of the matter is, in the end, the law is made by people in office. The two political parties define who's going to be in office. We can't change that. I don't think a third party is ever going to come along and win. So what you do then is you then focus your attention. I'm going to control the vision and the conduct of those people who uh, obtain election in one of the two parties. The only hope you've got is the Republican Party. Now, given all the talk about the dissolution of the conservative coalition, can the Republican Party be salvaged? I think the good book says, physician, heal thyself. Well, first thing you got to do is we got to heal ourselves. Our social conservatives went a little overboard. They've got to get back in touch with the Constitution. You know, the fundamental bond that we should rediscover is the Constitution. It's such a marvelous document. It is a level of genius and courage that is unparalleled in the history, perhaps, of the world, but certainly unparalleled in the history of this country. Let's get back to respecting that and reconstruct ourselves out of that. And whether your principal affection from the Constitution is fiscal 
or social, you still have plenty of room in this document to be back in touch with liberty. And that's the thing that will hold us all together. The majority of support for the Cato Institute's work comes from individuals, and Cato depends solely on tax-deductible contributions to provide the public with a wealth of free resources, including this podcast. We hope you'll consider supporting or even joining Cato. For information, please go to www.cato.org.